Welcome to Vocabulary, a show for people who like words and word games. If you don't like playing with words as if they're old school Ninja Turtles action figures, then I personally invite you to venture out and autocopulate. I'm Mark Jones, and my co-hosts are Andrew Copeland. This is where I say words to introduce myself. And Scotland Roberts. Salutations, everyone. This is our pilot episode, folks. We're trying this out to see if people enjoy it. So if you do, uh, you can let us know. You can actually give us feedback by using a simple short link I've created. It's bit.ly slash vocabulary, and that's B-I-T dot L-Y slash V-O-C-A-B-U-L-A-R-I-A-N. Just leave a comment there. Incidentally, that's the best link to share on social media if you'd like to tell your friends about us. So I think it's time to get into a little bit more of a formal introduction, and then we'll get into some fun and games. So I'm Mark. I'm an aspiring writer on the weekends, and during the week, I drive a cigarette delivery van. Um, Andrew. Uh, I'm Andrew. I'm a apprentice funeral director, um, and in all of my free time, I teach and DJ for dancing. And Scotland, I am a aspiring screenwriter, actor, and, you know, waiter, because why not? <laughs> so that's right, because that's that's the kind of job you do when you're aspiring to do uh, I mean, that, menial labor. It'll be it. great in your uh, biography. I mean, I figure you gotta be a waiter for at least five years before you get a big break, right? Right. I, I'm paying my dues. Maybe longer, but you, I think you will do just fine, because I like your writing. I think it's great. So I, I think we should go ahead and just jump into this first game. So we've each prepared a news item from the past week, uh, kind of telling the story in our own words, but in the most unnecessarily verbose way possible. So uh, for now, I'm calling the game Prolix Press Pass. Each of us will present, and the other two will try to decipher the message occluded by overabundant verbiage. So uh, to start us off, why don't uh, Scotland, why don't you go ahead? Okay. Within the very week that those of the female persuasion who indict our non-identified humorist of carnal invasion challenged a display proposed to incorporate his oeuvre, like I can pronounce that, the renowned museum released the knowledge that the aforementioned exhibit would integrate allusions to the allegations. Comparable to all our yesteryears, our perception of our non-identified humorist is continually updating and as such will eternally mature as new testimony arrives at the foreground, declared an announcement sent forth this past Thursday by the originating administrator of said federal museum's racial antiquity department. Guests shall depart the representation perceiving further about our non-identified humorist residual effects upon the nation's merrymaking, whilst discerning that his legacy had been inordinately impaired by these late denunciations, quoth the originating administrator. This proclamation from the institution engaged to commence this September comes as our non-identified humorist contends the imputations among Quakers of triplicity of carnal invasion. You're way too good at this. Way too good. I still can't pronounce that word at the beginning, though. It's fine. Delegates of the foundation were unattainable for elucidation on the presentation. Within the previous several days, the association twit that there would be one fewer than a full dozen preliminary representations, and our non-identified humorist, over there it is again, shall be accommodated in a single display dedicated to dramaturgy, cinema, stage, and broadcast. A pair of memorabilia, a journal of graphic art, as well as a record jacket are pertinent to our non-identified humorist, amongst 150 elements highlighted in that array, declared the establishment. Our non-identified humorous prosecutors were unable to be contacted Thursday. They are among scores of females who allege they were carnally invaded by the thespian and humorist in asserted episodes registering back to the 1960s. 
the, accusa- the accusations intensified in the autumn of 2014. Previously, these past several days, delegates for our non-identified humorist had no commentary on the Andidas proclamations, his litigators alluding to continuous litigation. So I think Andrew and I got it at the same moment because yeah. we kind of made eye contact. And For a while there, I was like, I'm going to need a code cracking team in like two weeks. So this story seems to be about a certain comedian. Uh, you could say that. And certain accusations directed towards this comedian uh, that still may or may not be. It may or may not be proved. I think most of us are, are pretty. I don't know. I'm pretty suspicious. But so I'm assuming that if, if I'm correct, that this story is about. Go ahead, Andrew. Uh, Bill Cosby. Yeah. That it would be. That it would be. Uh, awesome. Well, so we got yours. That was excellent. <laughs> I'm curious when you two finally put it together that this was I, Bill Cosby. You know, that that word that you're looking for, why don't we actually pull out the old-fashioned dictionary? I've, I've looked it up, how to pronounce it, and I, I still, I just, I can't get that word down. Spell it for me. It's going to be O-E-U-V-R-E. O-E-U. No, O-E-U-V-R-E. Yeah. O-E-U-V-R-E. I always thought that was Uvra. Uvra? I thought it was, but well, I could be wrong. Uh, let's see. I never had to say it before in my life. Just kind of known it was there, but never actually said the word. Well, the funny thing is I have a sound clip in my brain that says it's said that way, but I have no idea really what it means. <laughs> <laughs> so I have actually pulled out the Merriam-Webster's College Dictionary. Uh, the big old dictionary. The, the word is... Uh, let's see. Evra? 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 Evra. Evra. Evra is how it's pronounced. So, uh, let's see. The Evra. So, it's a substantial body of work constituting the life work of a writer, an artist, or a composer. (laughs) And there we close the book. (laughs) So, uh, I'm going to do mine because I think Andrew has put several days' work into his. So I really, s- I, I, after listening to Scotland, I'm nervous about the overestimation of my abilities. But Well, well do you want to go yours. next or I can go next? You do yours and then, you know, we'll have had the enjoyment and then we can get to me. Okay, so this is, this is a fun one. This is a little bit of a uh, strange news item that I found on the Huffington Post uh, from this most recent week. So uh, when did I get started? Only months shy of the full 12 score years that follow the genesis of a conglomeration of populations devoted to collective governance, the most minuscule member of the organization, population notwithstanding, suffered a laughable yet infuriating error of self-representation in the public eye. Many of the populations involved in the collective rely on external sources of revenue in the form of visitation to bolster, bolster their yearly financial standing among their peers. The member in question, heretofore referred to as state, is no exception. This Lilliputian state entered into a contract with a provider of promotional materials in an effort to draw a greater volume of outsiders annually. The prominent caveat in their arrangement, visual materials must only include imagery of this particular state. Now, in writing, proofreading is important for obvious reasons. In public speaking, fact-checking is mandatory to the scrupulous orator, but apparently This particular promotional firm did not think that its own equivalent, careful scrutiny of visual materials, was necessary. 
The short-form motion picture created by the firm for the completion of the transaction included a very short segment which raised the ire of many citizens of the state. The segment in question did not contain any inappropriate content, nor did it portray an inaccurate representation of the state. It simply contained footage of a location found neither within the state nor the continent on which the state rests. The firm did not realize that it was using images portraying a major city in a small Nordic nation known for its glacial landscape and its complicated yet relatively unchanged language. The firm has promised to correct their error at no additional cost, but many are already upset about the cost itself. The mildly disastrous video, barely two minutes in length, cost the state's taxpayers $5 million. I'm not familiar with the story, but I feel like I understand what happened. The state was doing a promotional video, and the company that did it used footage not from the state and got in trouble. Right. Right. I'm trying to figure out. See if you can figure out which state, based on what I said, and specifically well, what kind of happened. Like, which particular state? Um, if it's going to be a glacial Nordic, then... Well, that, that's the country. Right. The other, I'm, the other... I'm trying to think of... Because I'm assuming we're talking about... America here. Uh, possibly. I, I forget I mean, exactly gonna, how many years you put at the beginning. states from other countries. No, <laughs> most other, I, I most other countries don't have states, states. per se. Well, state is the term of nation, but this does refer to a state within the United States. Right. I, I would have to say it has to be Alaska then. Well, think about what I said at the beginning. The most minuscule member of the organization, population notwithstanding... That would be, what, Rhode Island? Rhode Island's the smallest state, is it not? That's true, to my knowledge. I, but it doesn't have a large uh, population, from what I know. I know Maine's fairly small, and it doesn't have a large... I don't know. But it, is, it is the population. most minuscule population notwithstanding, so... It, so yeah, it'd be the smallest physical space, not necessarily the smallest population. Uh, ah, there you go. There we go, there we go. So, I uh, assume uh, that would be Rhode Island. Unless you're talking about not a state, in which case you get into, mm. you know, Washington, D.C., and then uh, territories. Right. I think I've taken this as far as I can go. I, I'm going to de- so defer to my colleague happened. here. So here's what happened, and, and our, our dear friend Anthony, uh, who lives in Rhode Island, would probably be happy Yay. about this. So the uh, tourism department of Rhode Island uh, had a video, commissioned a video to be made to promote tourism in Rhode Island. One of the shots in the video is of a skateboarder uh, just moving along a street. You notice this building in the background. It's actually uh, in Reykjavik, Iceland. That is marvelous. So, but the uh, the the firm comes back and says, "Well, it was a Rhode Island skateboarder and a Rhode Island videographer." <laughs> but it's like, but it's not in Rhode Island, bro. So. I yeah. really like the idea that tourism in Reykjavik is just going to skyrocket thanks to this video. <laughs> well, <laughs> my, bunch of people who were like, "Well, I was going to visit Rhode Island, but that looks beautiful." My worry is that if I go to Rhode Island, not only do I not get to see that location, but I don't get to see that skateboarder either. <laughs> he spends all his time in Iceland. Evidently, Andrew, why don't you uh, give us your news article? All right, I feel like I went for a different feel from either of you, but that's uh, kind of the idea. the escapade is atop the company the industrial science colossus finished with fetal bird atop its mug subsequent to confronting a response of resentment from persons who failed to find anything of comedic value 
with the company's 1st of April slight adjustment to their email. With certain individuals alleging it genuinely caused them to experience a sudden state of unemployment. The company introduced the addition of a vocal amplification device release button in its electronic mailing service that granted users the ability to deploy a graphics interchange format of a yellow irritation pill, uh, irritation pill, a persona from the animated cinematic production Despicable Me, that would initiate the rapid descent of a microphone and silent responses from the user's electronic mail. Internet post is splendid, but there are occasions upon which one simply wishes to eject oneself from further conversation, the, com the company transcribed in its sanctioned blog, Divulging the Shtick. Not unlike the familiar professional conversations which are filled with understated anger and tension, in which one finds oneself to be the only individual not actively embodying foolishness and incorrectness, or those circumstances when the individual is in search of approval from the group as a whole, but one's own opinion is the only one which expresses veritas. Or perhaps one just nailed it and there's nothing more to say. Bam. That part I kept in from the original. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I'll uh, oh, get more. There's, yeah, sorry. Okay. Uh, audio amplification tool forced rapid descent is a fashionable meme in which an individual issues a terminating statement before causing the rapid descent of such a gadget and traipsing off. But livid individuals who make use of the service cried fool after unintentionally causing the addition of the yellow balls of childhood foolishness, releasing the aforementioned device in the midst of vital business conversations. A particular individual, Scotty Martin, wrote on the company's place of assistant space discussion without any falsity company, you fiddle with people's electric letters. I make use of the company's service for business in which I am the only employer and employee. I am unable to afford you comic performers to a tinker with my profession. An additional individual, Alan Pashby, jotted down, owing to voice amplification tool releasing, I have now found myself utterly lacking in occupation. I am a practitioner of the written art and have found myself with a limited amount of time in which to present the fruits of my labor. I used the word World Wide Web to transfer my work to the woman who pays me and was unaware of any responses from her. I inadvertently transmitted my written work, making use of the vocal amplification release button. My work was somewhat lacking and in desperate need of correction. I did not receive her messages that were meant to inform me of this. My employer found something to be offended about in receiving the audio amplification cessation of holding and assumed that I chose not to continue communication with her because I believed her input to lack gravity, hence the release of the audio tool. I regained consciousness this morning to a vocal recording full of my employer's endless ire. That is how I discovered of this humorous jape. Possessing a scarlet visage, the company expressed its regrets for the fiasco and disabled the functionality of its addition. Well, it appears we are the subjects of our own jest. Due to a technological error, the cessation of holding the vocal amplification tool feature inadvertently caused more headaches than laughs. We are not falsely apologetic, it said in its official blog. Okay. My goal was to make that as obtuse as possible. That's very obtuse. Uh, you did a fabulous job at that, I'm not going to lie. Um, so what I've gleaned is it's, it has to do with Minions. Which is Universal was, Studios, released uh, uh, the Despicable Me and Minions. So this is like an email add-on? Uh, well, I, at first when he said email, my first thought was the Sony hack. And then he brought up Minions, which is a Universal property. But then neither one actually 
has their own email. Uh... There was also something about an April Fool's prank, and there was an egg involved at the beginning. And so I'm trying to figure, is it Google? Like, was there a Gmail add-on for a day that was... That's what I'm wondering. I, I was too scared to log on to the internet at all on the first, and... Uh... Carefully uh, avoided it. You oh. would have only found this out if you had logged on relatively early onto Google April 1st. Okay, so it was a Gmail add-on that it would take voice commands and it would... What, what was So it would... It, it would take record? them, but it wouldn't send them? Is it, that... w- it was a minion mic drop uh, add-on to your email. So the, the application was that you would send an email and you would send it using the minion mic drop button. And you would send the email, they would open the email, and then there'd be a little minion who'd walk up and like drop the mic... And then you couldn't respond back to that email. Um, so it was like how you were like, boom, with email. Was wow. the prank. People accidentally used this button, which was next to the send button. Oh, my To gosh. their bosses and lost their actual jobs. Oh, my gosh. Wow. And so Google disabled it pretty quickly after starting it when it started getting uh, complaints. Well, um, thank you, almighty Google, for that one. Yeah. Wow. So, so people actually lost their jobs over this. Yes. Mm. Uh, or at least they're saying they did. This one guy I was talking about, um, well, he uh, said he lost his job. He was talking about, he was like sending it at the last second and it needed correction. And I'm like, maybe you could have kept your job for like an extra day if Google hadn't done this. But it doesn't sound like you were on good terms. Was was the article from the first as well? Uh no, the article was like the day after, but okay. they did end it pretty soon on the first. Okay, so it's an official article, though. Yeah. All no. right. It was in several websites. I picked Fox News because I wanted to pick the one that had the least intelligent wording to begin with. <laughs> so. And I wah, checked the other wah, sites. I'm wah. sorry. That's not just a knock on Fox. I checked the other sites. They use the simplest language. Mm. Associated Press, man. <laughs> yeah. I was quite impressed. I got my story from USA Today, and they actually had some pretty decent words in there. Yeah. Well, I wanted to start as simple as possible, so I had as much to manipulate. Hey, that works. Well, uh, that was fun. How about a different one? I've got another idea. So this this game is kind of a fun twist on the classic spelling beat. Uh, it's sort of a reverse reverse spelling beat. So I'm going to present the word by pronouncing it and then spelling it for you. And then the two of you uh, will take turns defining the word and uh, using it correctly in a sentence. Uh, And so these words are kind of like, um, you know, when people use the phrase like a $5 word, some of these are more like $10 words. Uh, So uh, now now if we win, we get $10, right? uh, No, if you win, you get bragging rights. Otherwise, nothing. Okay. Okay. So we're going to limit it to three words uh, per session when we do this game. Because it, it's something that could go on for a very long time. Right. Oh, indubitably. <coughs> so, I'm going to get the dictionary back out. And uh, I'm going to start just a page I've marked uh, with some words that I found that I thought were uh, particularly particularly difficult or challenging uh, and fun as well. So... The first word, and I think we'll start it off with uh, Scotland. See if you can get this one for us. Oh, joy. The word is agglutinate. Agglutinate. A-G-G-L-U-T-I-N-A-T-E. Agglutinate. Agglutinate. Well, let's see. It sounds similar to assimilate. Gluten, obviously, being, you know, a deadly, uh, deadly protein found in wheat. 
Uh, I don't know. Let's see. Glutinate. A glutinate. I'm going to say that it has something to do with binding things together. Uh, gluten is a binding protein. And so I'm going to say that it has to do with taking two things and binding them together to make one. So let me see. And the various forms you can use, you could use a glutination, a glutinative, a glutinative. A glutinative, okay. Or a glutination, yes. Okay, a glutinate. Let me see. So the scientist took broccoli and celery and agglutinated it together to make broccoli. I have no idea. <laughs> that's that's not too bad. You you're pretty close, actually. I would I would say that you get the point for that. Do I? Um, it's it is actually so uh, various definitions, but the main one is to cause to adhere, to fasten, to combine to a compound or attach to a base as an affix. Um, so yeah, you got it pretty pretty right. Excellent. And, Excellent. I mean, I would say you get the I, I would say you don't get the full point for, for the, the sentence. sentence. I would say you get the definition. But definition, not sentence. So you get one. Some point. writer, I am. Uh, I, I was thinking it was to cause someone to become a glutton, like you know, McDonald's moved in and <laughs> agglutinated the populace. <laughs> that sounds deadly. Pon pon pon. <laughs> All right. So the next word is for Andrew. Oh boy. We're gonna we're gonna stay in the A's. Uh, your word is anuria, A-N-U-R-I-A, anuria. Anuria is the inability uh, to urinate, um, and uh, it's a medical term. And so you would say, uh, I am experiencing anuria, um, and the doctor might say something like, well, we're going to give you some diuretic or we might, uh, well, I won't describe what other procedures uh, are done in that oh, situation. Please do. Uh, colon- please do. Colonoscopy. They, they involve Mike. the urethra, so we won't go into that. Yeah, catheters, hooray. Uh, but yeah, actually, that word was in school, so. Oh, you know, I I probably should have picked a different word, because as soon as I realized, oh, wait a minute, that's a medical word, I shouldn't give that to him. Right. Yeah, that would have been a little more difficult for me. Oh, gosh. I feel like I still get the point. You, you, get, you, get, you get both points. You no, 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 no. He cheated. He cheated. He went to school and learned it. <laughs> I always found it really funny that we had to dis- had to um, research medical conditions like that people suffer from, like diseases. Because I was always like, if you're coming to me with your disease, it's a bit late. <laughs> I would feel like I shouldn't have to know what these terms are. I go to the doctor so he can tell me what the deal is. Right. Well. Not so I can be like, I'm having trouble peeing. Oh, you know what that is. I've. By going to school, I found out that most of what we pay our doctors for is for is to tell us what we told him with bigger words. So you could go to the doctor <laughs> and you say, oh, my stomach's all inflamed. He says, oh, you've got gastroenteritis. That'll be $200. You just said it in Latin. <laughs> Sounds about right. All right. So, Scott, this is your chance to steal back and to uh, redeem myself, uh, to gain one or two points and pull back ahead, which... Um, which uh, could put you either in the lead, uh, or it could tie it up. If there's a tie, we'll do a tiebreaker word. Or I could just stay in the behind. <laughs> All right. So, your word is... Diarchy. Diarchy. D-Y-A-R-C-H-Y. 
C H Y, diarchy. Diarchy. Not anarchy, but diarchy. I think you're on the right track. I'll just tell you that. Okay. I. Oh gosh. Well, archy would be any form of government, monarchy, etc. Anarchy, no government. Die would be two. So. The only thing I can think of would be that it would stand for two governments. A little bit. Get a little bit. Like, for two you're, you're co- close. two coexisting governments you're, you're working together. Close. Like, instead of having... I'm thinking, like, instead of where we have the three the three branches of the government, well, so, only having two branches. But think about you have one diarchy, so... Those hand motions mean nothing to me, Mark. I, I'm saying, like, you have Nor one... Nor to our viewers. Di- like... You're you're on the right track, but there's one diarchy. There's one diarchy. Oh gosh. So what? So, the diarchy is the government uh, itself. I, yeah, I would believe so. Would... So, you're so close. You're so uh, close. So close, and yet so far, I don't. I like, don't think I'm gonna make it. Come on, come on. I'm rounding third, but I'm coming to a stop. If he gives up, I'm gonna take a guess. Um, All right, but I don't accept that I get a point for that. You're gonna but... give up, or you're gonna come uh, on? You are it's, so close. It's two coexisting governments. It's the only thing I can think of, man. I'm, I'm, <sighs> I'm so sorry. I would guess. Well, try to use it in a sentence. Go ahead and try to use it in a sentence. The diarchy was a complete failure, as was my entire uh, guess at this. That's, I'm not gonna give you a point for that. No, sentence. I know you're not. You technically used it correctly, but it's it's not like it doesn't give the. It doesn't it, give the. Yeah, it the doesn't feel. illustrate the definition. No, so go, go ahead and take a stab at it, Andrew. Uh, I would guess that it's a system of government with two rulers specifically. Yes. Oh, um, so like that's why rulers. you were so close. So bloody close. It's what a monarchy would be if we weren't all sexist. Oh. Uh, the king and the queen, who doesn't matter as much. I, hey, I the, thought it was the, the, the queen's prin- the monarchy. The well, currently in England, the queen is, but we don't. They don't have a king. They just have a prince and a queen. Right. So they're not sexist that way. They're sexist the other way. You no, they're so classes. <laughs> they're classes. Yeah, but that is correct. It is a it is a system of government with two rulers. Mm. So use it in a sentence. Okay. Uh, so let's see. Having two kings, the kingdom of Biffle Diffelstan. He's going to get a point for this. Was, I'm not getting a point for was that. ruled <laughs> by a diarchy. I would that said, was your definition. That was your sentence definition. I used the de- hey. I used the def. I defined it in the sentence, and I made up a country of Biffle Diffle. Yeah, and that so was much better. That was much better than Brockelli. Bro- I mean, Brockelli was. I gave you the point for Brockelli. No, you gave. You did not give me the point for the sentence. You gave me the point for getting the word. Ah, uh, you well. Yeah. Uh, That's all right. Move on. I I, I won't hate you forever. Okay. Just for the week. <laughs> are, there, are there any current example of diarchies? Because I would love to know about that. Yeah, hey, if you know of a current example of a diarchy, why don't you leave us a comment, let us know what you think of the show, and tell us about whatever diarchy you know of. It's bit.ly slash vocabularian. So we've got one more game today. So our final game, and I, I hope that this will become kind of a fun staple of the show, it's called Literary Parkour. So each of us has chosen three books, one for ourselves and one for each other host. The game works like this. The player is going to flip to a random page in the book and begin reading. So each other host will select a random page in the book they have chosen for that host. Uh, 
so I, I guess what you could say is how how is it like parkour? Well, right as you're getting into the groove of the book, you're handed a new one, and you have to begin reading it as if it were a continuation of the previous work. So there is no winner in this game, only losers. If you're reading and you laugh, you lose. Marvelous. So I think uh, I think we're gonna have Andrew start us off on this one, and uh, you can just pick which book. Tell us which book you're starting with, and at the end you'll tell us which books you which continued with. Which two books with. you added. Uh, and what I'll do is, so you'll start, Scott will hand you a book, I will hand you a book, All and right. then uh, we'll continue that way. And again, I'm, again, I'm <coughs> picking from a random space uh, in my first book, not at the start of the page, I assume. Right, you just flip to a random page and begin reading at an indent or a beginning of a sentence, beginning of a page, that sort of thing. I'm going to start with The Great Gatsby by F. Scott Fitzgerald, uh, and here we go. Gratulate me, she muttered. Never had a drink before, but oh how I do enjoy it. What's the matter, Daisy? I was scared, I can tell you. I'd never seen a girl like that before. Here, dears, she groped around the wastebasket. She had her on the bed pillow. I apologize. She groped around in the wastebasket she had with her on the bed and pulled out the string of pearls. Take them downstairs and give them back to whoever they belong to. Tell them all Daisy's changed her mind. Say Daisy's changed her mind. I got lucky. What was what he said? Me and Duke, we both got lucky. Except neither of them had stayed lucky. It seemed, not that anyone did in the end. Oh man, Ralph said. I'm sorry to hear that. He's been in Dairy Home almost three weeks now, Faye said. Having those radiation treatments and getting injects of poison that's supposed to kill the cancer while it's half killing you. I'm surprised you didn't know, Ralph. I suppose you are. But I'm not. The insomnia keeps swallowing stuff, you see. One day it's the last cup of soup envelope and you lose track of... Golden ears and marzipan sprung up from where she trod. The passing of her wandering walk could fill a tree with fruit at her glare, and shriveled stalk would straighten and stand in root. The dry time passed as all times will, back to the crippled country, returned the rain, the sprouts to fill, and seemingly endless bounty. The guests all gathered up and left, with their advice and axes. Old Ruth, rag danced on death, her land was sold for taxes. Land was sold for taxes. Ragweed Ruth danced on to death. Her land was sold for taxes. Excellent. Uh, so I transitioned there to Stephen King Insomnia. From The Great Gatsby. From The Great Gatsby by S. Scott Fitzgerald to Stephen King's Insomnia. And finally to Demon Box by King by Ken Kesley. Ken Kesey. I apologize. That's all right. But he said. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, Ken Kesey's... Uh... Yeah, the psychedelic author. Uh, I couldn't tell. Scott, why don't you uh, start us off? Uh, tell us what you're going to be starting with. Okay, like Andrew, I thought that I would start off with something a little classy. So I was going to start off with Ernest Hemingway's A Farewell to Arms, which should be interesting. I think I've never actually read this yet. So let's see how this goes. I did not say anything. I was always embarrassed by the words sacred, glorious, and sacrifice, and the expression in vain. We had heard them, sometimes standing in the rain almost out of earshot, 
so that only the shouted words came through and had read them on proclamations that were slapped up uh, by bill posters over other proclamations now for a long time and i had seen nothing sacred and the things that were glorious had no glory and the sacrifices were like the stockyards at chicago if nothing was done with the meat except to bury it having ruled out a number of possible causes for the erectile problem your num doctor will most likely want to examine the penis itself for several reasons the appearance of the penis and testicles may suggest a lack of male hormone or a situation that is becoming increasingly easier to correct more important, an examination provides an opportunity for the doctor to check the penis's pulse and to check its blood pressure. My pet peeve is taking something simple and making it complicated. Folks work at this all the time. In a shopping center, I wanted a cup of coffee. Well, they don't call coffee shops coffee shops anymore. They call them something else. I saw a big sign and it said boutique. I figured there was a coffee shop and opened the door. What they were doing was hemming a woman's dress. They were selling women's dresses. Where's the coffee? It's on down the shopping mall. I saw a sign that said, Coiffure. So I figured that was the coffee. Uh-huh. I found me some coffee. I opened the door and they were teasing a woman's hair. So I never did get any coffee. Coffee shops ought to be called coffee shops. Cafes ought to be called cafes. And hamburger joints ought to be called hamburger joints. All right. So uh, so you started with uh, Farewell to Arms, right? I, I did. And... uh. Then I moved on to The Male Sexual Machine and Owner's Manual by Kenneth Purvis, MD, PhD, <laughs> which I must thank you so much for handing me there. I that one just for you. Uh, and you transitioned into it so I was well. so impressed. And, and into the next one, which I, I was quite... I'm I'm not gonna I'm not gonna lie. I think I would have broken down if I'd opened this to one of the pages with an illustration on it. <laughs> Are there any illustrations? I uh, don't think flipping they're... through it. I see at least one diagram, and if uh, if that had been the first thing I'd seen, I would have been a little. So I, I picked that up of a free book rack. Of course uh, you would. Okay. I just saw it and I said, uh, "I've got. I'll find a use for this." I, ah, yes. I feel like I have to tell uh, before you uh, go to the next. The, just the transition made me think of one of my favorite jokes. Which is, uh, I like my women like I like my coffee, without a penis. Oh. Yes. Right, who, who, who tells that joke so we can give the attribution properly, you know? Oh, gosh, I don't know. I, hold it, I heard it from my older brother first. Oh, okay. All right, all right. That's uh, fair. On my third book that I transitioned into was Ain't God Good by Jerry Clower. Jerry? So Jerry Clower is a southern comedian from back in the day. He's actually very funny. He's dead now. Uh, mm, that's funny. I, that's yeah, not, that's not he's, funny. He's lost his humor. Um, yeah, he's he's not as funny as he used to be. Um, but <laughs> unfortunately, uh, not. I, I I have a picture actually of me and my little brother. My little brother's like tiny, but like with Jerry Clower, we went to something. You know, we were little, and he was. I I, I just have to there. say, when I was reading the male sexual machine, uh, I kept almost reading the wrong word. Like, when it said importance, I thought that was impotence. And, uh, <laughs> that happened several times. There was, like, seven sentences, and I nearly said the wrong words in every single sentence. You I'm, almost laughed, too, and that was the best part. I'm impressed by how quickly your mind could go into the gutter. I mean, it was the place to be, but my mind would have taken an extra second. No, no, I very quickly... That was more comfortable than uh, Ernest Hemingway's Farewell to Arms, <laughs> not gonna lie. All right, so I'm gonna start us off on this, this last round. Uh, this is... Uh, I'm going to be reading from All the Pretty Horses by Cormac McCarthy. So, like you guys, I decided I would go with something a little bit more, uh, a little bit more classic. You know, yeah. Something a little bit more literary. 
The captain was sitting at his desk drinking coffee and reading a three-day-old newspaper from Monterey. He looked up. Passaporte, he said. I don't have no passport, said Rollins. The captain looked at him. He raised his eyebrows in mock surprise. Don't have no passport, he said. Do you have identification? Rollins reached around to his left rear pocket with his manacled hands. He could reach the pocket, but he couldn't reach into it. The captain nodded and one of the guards stepped forward and took out the billfold and handed it across the, to the captain. A popular American radio newsman became one more of many who have publicized this story, claiming it to be true when he broadcast his version in January 1988. Here's how the Associated Press report, reported the incident shortly afterward. Warrico, Oklahoma. AP. One Warica business has placed pig warning signs out front and residents are squealing about national attention their town got this week from radio commentator Paul Harvey. As Harvey told it, Oklahoma Highway Patrolman Bill Runyon was driving down a rural road when he saw a farmer jumping up and down on the side of the road. It's my real name, sir. It's on my birth certificate. Well, since I'm the CO I, and I like nicknames for my troops, you'll just have to put up with my nickname for you, white America. Do you read me loud and clear? Yes, sir. Outstanding. Now I have a job for you, Butch. A little mop-up job that should take, just take a couple of seconds. The target will be wearing an ascot, a Bowie knife, and a Sam Brown cartridge belt. He will be a pilot from 234, Colonel Causey's outfit. Beasley's been going around bragging that he can whip your ass, Butch. Some of his fellow pilots have been laying money on the line, Bull said, eyeing Brennan. And the betting has been getting pretty heavy against you. <laughs> So who, who were you reading there, Mark? Okay. So the first one uh, was Cormac McCarthy. Uh, the second one was from the Encyclopedia of Urban Legends uh, by Jan Harold Brun, uh, Brunvind. And uh, it was specifically, it was one about, it had to do with pigs. And I've, I've I lost the page. Uh, I've lost the page. The last book was actually, it's one of my favorites. Uh, it was from The Great Santini by Pat Conroy. Um, which actually, this this copy if you look here this is and and this is really awesome uh, this is an autograph copy that's very uh, nice the, that's why i didn't hand that one to you earlier i <laughs> saved it for him so it's, it's an autograph copy that my dad got me uh, for christmas and it's actually it was just really cool because uh, pat conroy just passed away a few weeks ago oh. um so yeah that's uh, a great book too great santini i'm i'm conflicted on if anybody did win who would have just because I definitely think that Scott's was the most enjoyable and possibly the best done, but I really want to read the unholy fusion of the books Mark was reading. The transition worked so well. It really did. <laughs> it, it worked pretty magically there. Thank you. I'm glad. So that game, uh, Will Driscoll and I invented that game. My friend Will and I invented that game uh, just one day after. It was actually the day we picked up that uh, the male sexual machine. Uh, we I've found not- it on a free book rack, and we just started flipping to random pages between that and another book called National Sunday Law. I feel, uh, I feel like that's always going to be a winner for this game. I, I, I feel I, like that's always going to be involved. I, I hope so. I sure hope so. Well, folks, that's all we have prepared for today. Uh, we would love to do this every two weeks or so, but we need your feedback to know whether or not you want more. So remember, you can give your feedback at bit.ly slash vocabularium. And please share that link on social media. That's the best way to help us get this thing going. So until next time, thank you for listening to Vocabulary. Bye. Fare thee well.